thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. Number 16 and verse 20, um, it says this. Then she called Samson and said, The Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I will go out as I did before and shake myself free. This next statement is so sad. But he did not know that the Spirit of the Lord, which he once had, had departed from him. I want to talk to you over the next few weeks, probably this whole month, about being broke as a joke. Broke as a joke. Honey, I want you to pray for daddy that God would use me, that the anointing would clothe me today, okay, honey? Um, dear Heavenly Father, um, I pray that today you would fill my dad with a new oil, fill the pastor of this house with a new oil. I pray that what's been dead inside him would awaken. I pray that the vicious oil of God would come in as a fuel in his heart, God. I pray that a new oil would arise. I pray that the house um, which he is supposed to pastor would arise with him. I pray that because we have an anointed pastor, that we will have an anointed house of God. I pray that you would awaken my father, God. I pray that everything inside him that is supposed to be poured out today, God, would just awaken right now. God, I pray that your house would be open to your oil. God, I rebuke every demonic presence in this room right now, God. I leave in the name of Jesus, not by my authority, not by my dad's authority, but in the name of Jesus, leave this room right now, God. Leave this house right now. You are not welcome here. You are not welcome in this place. Only the presence of our Father in heaven is welcome in this place. God, I pray that your, your rain would come, send blue fire over these people, God. I pray that you would use my dad to awaken something in these people. God, I pray that a vicious oil would just come and flood the earth, would just come and flood this church. God, I pray that you're awakening a revival. God, I pray that there's an earthquake stirring. It will shake everything in its path, God. I pray that you are doing a good thing, that you are doing a new thing, God. I pray that you would awaken us right now, God. I pray that you would awaken us right now, God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. In your name we pray, and in your name we ask all these things, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together and love the Lord with us just one more time. She's my little arrow for the kingdom. And uh, your kids can have that too. Just don't be different here than you are at home. Be the same person you are here in the presence of God that you are at home. That's how kids get jacked up. Is you different at home than you are here. And so we encourage you to do that. 
Um, I want you to turn to two people. You can't move very far. We know this to be true. And just look at them and title, tell them the title. Just say, hey, we can't be broke as a joke around here. Um, this series, I know it's titled Broke as a Joke, but this series is not about money. Um, this series, I'm not going to teach you over the next few weeks how to budget your finances. Um, I'm not going to teach you about the craziness of the crazy up and down global economy. This, spirit, this series is not about financial poverty. This series is about spiritual poverty. As a whole, if you look at the statistics and you look what's trending right now, the church is in trouble. If you pay attention to what's going on in the church world with wordless Christians, we are depleted as a, as a church globally from heavenly riches. The average church attender only reads their Bible. It's, it's, in, it's in a crazy statistic. 50% of the church reads it once a year, and only 4% of the church reads their Bible on a daily basis. The average church attender doesn't feed their spirit out there. They only feed their spirit with an hour on Sunday mornings in here. I think the average church attender is broke as a joke. Many people don't praise God in here, I've learned, because they don't praise God out there. You can't get church people to pray at church because they don't pray at home. Uh, many, many don't amen the preacher because they're too busy amening a perverted world. Many don't bring their Bibles to church here because, quite frankly, they don't even know where their Bibles are out there. Like zombies, we come to church with zero life. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your neighbor. Praise God. Uh, but many people like zombies, we come to church, but we're void of the life of God. We are void of the presence of God. We are void of the fire of God. I believe what John said as he was baptizing. He said, I baptize you with water unto repentance. But after me is going to come one, speaking of Jesus, who will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and in fire. When I survey the book of Acts as the blueprint for the church, I don't see it in the American church. I'm talking about Peter's shadows healing the sick. I'm talking about Paul sending out his sweat rags across Ephesus and those sweat rags casting out demons and healing the sick. I'm talking about people like Philip being transported from one place to another by the Holy Ghost. I'm I'm talking about signs and miracles and wonders where is the lord god of the book of acts i am so desperate and hungry to come in contact with a power church i believe in this hour that god has called us to live in if anybody needs the glory in the church it's the american church we need the power back in the church we need the expression of god back in his people we need holy ghost delivering signs and wonders back in the church again we have to stop being broke as a joke. Void of the presence of God. Zero relationship with Jesus outside of church. We don't know the epistles from the apostles. We can quote Beyonce, but we can't quote Bible. Our faith is about as deep as the caricatures on Twitter. 
a hundred and something characters and that's it. The average Christian who goes to church, their life in Jesus is shallow when God has called us to go to the depths of his kingdom. Zero revelation of God broke as a joke. Zero Holy Ghost manifestation broke as a joke. No victory in the average Christian. No authority in the average Christian. No power in the average Christian. No holiness in the average Christian. No morality in the average Christian. Christians go to the club just as much as the world goes to the club and we are broke as I'm already in your front lawn I can tell and I intend to put it in a park pull out a tent and camp here just a little while my question to you is how's your spiritual tank are you spiritually on flatline? Are you spiritually are you spiritually dead? Are you backslidden? I come to be your defibrillator today and wake you up. Come on in here. Wake you up out of spiritual uh, spiritual laziness and wake you up out of spiritual deadness and wake you up out of prayerlessness and wake you up out of passionlessness. We got to get the fire back in the church. We got to get the Holy Ghost back in the church. We got to get the holiness back in the church. We got to get the presence now, now, there is going to be hope in this message. Just hang out with me. You say, Pastor, you're preaching a lot of doom and gloom today. We have to to get to the good part. We have to, we have to talk about what's wrong in the average church to get to the good part. We have to talk about how you're spiritually dead to awaken you. Come on, Lazarus. Come up out that grave. Come on. You got Jesus said, come up out the grave. And then he said, take off your grave clothes. See, that's what the body does. The body takes off the grave clothes. And today I came on assignment to take those grave clothes off you to call you out of sin to call you out of bondage to to call you into freedom to call you into deliverance and to get you to wake up into the heavenly riches of God so we're not broke as a joke touch three people and tell them broke as a joke broke as a joke y'all can help me a little bit I'm just not I'm just there's something on me today oh wait no I'm sorry Holy Spirit there's someone on me today Now, now, I'm just as guilty as you. I'm just as guilty of you as you of getting distracted away from praying. This week, I had to prepare four messages in six days. And I don't do this lightly. This is something that's heavyweight to me. I never want to stand before God's people with a thus saith me. I want to make sure that it's what God is saying to the church. I labor over this. I didn't watch this message on YouTube. I didn't hear it from another preacher. God gave this to me to give to you. And it's so easy for me as, as, a, as a preacher and as a minister and as a pastor to get so consumed with the work of God that I forget God of the work. I get distracted just like you do. My phone tries to pull me away just like it does you. I, I, I get in the rut of becoming unoily or unheavy in the spirit or void of the Zoe life of God. And, and so the other day I was in fasting and prayer in a moment of consecration. And the Lord began to download something on me. And he said, son, he said, it's not what you say all the time, but it's as important as what's on what you say. I know what it's like to stand behind a pulpit and preach without the anointing. Come on in here. 
It's that oil that makes all the difference. It's when God breathes on what I'm saying that makes all the difference. But that doesn't take place if I'm not praying, if I'm not fasting, if I'm not living consecrated, if I'm not living holy. It's not what I say, it's what's on what I say. Okay, let me bring it to you, children's teachers. It's not what you teach in the kids' ministry necessarily. That's important too. Doctrine's important. But it's as important as what's on what you say. Do you have the right spirit? Come on, praise and worship team. Praise and worship team, if you haven't sought God this week, you really lose your right to stand up and give the people something you never got the first place. Y'all, y'all are quiet in here. I'm trying to help. Trying to help. We're going to get to the good part. Just hang on. Just touch your neighbor and say, don't throw rocks yet. He's going to get there. As a pastor of a church in this generation, this church has to be anointed. Now, I know a lot of new converts. What does anointed mean? It means the presence and the power of God upon a thing. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's when the Holy Ghost shows up and breathes upon us. It's when signs and miracles and wonders take place when the church assembles. The anointing must be on the church. I don't want just good church, y'all. I'm so tired of churching, y'all. I don't want a church y'all want to change. I want to see you change. Come on in here. This is not a club. This is not a social club. I know we have life groups, but this is not a social club. This is not the Elks Lodge. This is not the YMCA. This is not the Boys Club. It's not the Girls Club. It's not the Boy Scouts. It's not the Girl Scouts. Come on in here. This is the church of the living God. This ain't your house. You didn't pay the price to get it. This is his house. This is the house of the living God. He has to feel welcomed here. shouting just to shout or is there oil on our shout am I preaching just to preach come on I've been doing self-examination or is Jesus anointing what I'm preaching Kids class teachers, are you teaching just to teach or is there anointing on it? Singers on the platform, are you singing just to sing or is God anointing it? And musicians, are you just playing? Are you allowing God to put his anointing on it? Are, you, are we just churching you? Are we taking you to a new place? You see, I as a pastor can't take you to a place in the kingdom where I never went. I can't give a power to you that I didn't develop in a prayer closet Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm not a communicator. I am not your life coach. I am not your parish priest. The Bible said I am your spokesman. Touch not my consecrator ones or do my spokesman any harm. My prophetic utterances. I'm not here to speak on behalf of the White House. That calling is not big enough. I am not here to speak on behalf of the City Hall. Calling is not good enough. I am here to speak on behalf of my King and Lord as his ambassador to tell the Church of America, we got to come out of spiritual poverty. We, we, we have... We have good presentation in America. The church ain't broke. Our church is not broke. 
We have $160,000 in the bank account. We ain't broke. Now, we need a couple million, but we'll get that. We'll get there. We're still working on that. We're not broke financially. We're not. A lot of things we could do. We're being, we're being good stewards of the money God's given us. We're not wasting it. But I want to be extremely wealthy in my spirit. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be in the red in my spirit. Come on here, anybody else? I want to walk into the presence of God and his presence be accustomed to me. I want to have a prayer life to where I can just say the simple name Jesus and his presence fills the car. Presence fills my office. Presence filled my bedroom. Presence fills my house. I want to be the kind of follower of Christ. I don't want to be a fan. I don't want just the Christian bumper stickers, just the Christian shirt, just the Christian flat lid. I want to live for God. Come on in here. I want to be full of the wealth and the riches of the King of glory. It's, is, is God on what we do? Or are we just out here doing? I can't come pour into you kingdom principles that I didn't get from heaven in my own personal prayer time. You can't be on the prayer team, prayer team, if you don't pray at home. You're disqualified. We love you, but we don't need that. Ain't biting today. How can you pray for others when you ain't prayed yourself? Youth leaders, you can't be a youth leader and worldly at the same time. The devil is a liar. You ain't leading this youth ministry up in here into hell. The devil is a liar. Holiness is still right. You greasy, grace, backslidden, carnal, loose living, spiritual dumbbell. I don't think I can. He said, say it again. I said, I know what I said. How can an elder lead others in the things of God when he ain't led himself? Praise team, how can you lead people in worship on Sunday when you ain't led worship in your own house? In the book of Judges, there's this guy, and we all know who he is. His name's Samson. And he's introducing, God gives his mother specific instructions. He said, this son of yours is to be a Nazarite from birth. Now, what does a Nazarite mean? Well, there was three things to be a Nazarite. Number one, they had to be set apart for the Lord's use. I don't know where we're off in the Christian average church of America. We treat holiness like it's a cuss word. We treat consecration as if we're no longer, that means you're no longer under grace. And people tell me all the time, you're just being legalistic. Well, I believe the Bible. I'm about to throw this microphone this way. I believe the Bible. Now, if you ain't saved, make a laundry list. We'll get to you in a minute. I'm talking to Christians today. Paul the Apostle said, 
Do not conform. Did he, not, did he say that? Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Don't run after the standard of the culture. The rainbow belongs to the kingdom. Why are you so afraid, church? We will not serve the gods of Baal and Moloch. No, we will not. Consecrated. My ways are not the world's of the ways. I don't think the ways of the world. The Bible is right. The word is right. The world is wrong. The beloved John penned in 1 John, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the worldliness, the love of the Father is not in him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, I want to give you the meat of the word, but you can't handle the meat of the world. The word because you're too worldly. Consecration. Church folks having sex like worldly people. Church folks cussing like worldly people. Church folk drinking like worldly people. And we wonder where the glory is. It has departed, Samson, and you keep shouting right on through it. Number two, the second thing. He was not allowed to drink strong wine. Well, preacher, how much, how much is too much? Well, do you believe the Bible? The Bible said don't even look upon it when it's fermented. The Bible said that alcohol is not fitting for kings and queens. Well, he turned, it in, he turned that water into wine. He had never turned your water into wine. Never did it. Get out of here. Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Spiritu Santo. He's not doing it. Any carnal Christian can find scriptures to twist to please your flesh, to give you an excuse and license to do what you want to. The idea of it is, number one, have a heart consecrated God. Number two, drink no fermented wine. Have nothing to do with worldliness. Now the last thing he said to his mama I really want to get through this today. The last thing he said to his mama, Jeremiah, he said, don't let any razor cut your head. Now you're thinking, preacher, your head has been cut with a razor. You're not a Nazarite. It has nothing to do with a razor. It has to do with obedience. There's no power in hair. I used to wear hair. We talked about that last week. There's no power in your hair. I want any more or less or powerful if I had that toupee on or not. I, should, I need to bring a picture so y'all can see it. Never happening. Now, if you go and you read your Bible, after the angel of the Lord spoke to Moses' mom and, or to, to Samson's mom and told him these things, here's what she said. For he shall carry a deliverance anointing for the nation. His consecration... His holiness, his obedience to God produced a deliverance anointing. If we're going to be a church, and we already are, 
I don't say this arrogantly whatsoever. We don't put it on YouTube. I, I feel really weird about putting people who are getting set free of demons on YouTube. That's kind of weird to me or, or, because I don't want to. It's not for that. I'm not trying to commercialize a very vulnerable moment of somebody. Now, other people do that. I'm not trying to slam them. I'm just saying for me, I'm very convicted about it. That's a serious thing and a very messy thing. And I don't want to put that on the world for everybody to see because it's not about building my followership by putting out there that there's supernatural activity. For me, that's my motive. I, I, don't, I don't want it. But at our church, we do have deliverance that takes place. We were casting a demon out of room 101 one day, and this, this lady stood up. She started swinging at me like she was going to punch me. And the people that were with me, they were all scared. They went to go grab her and said, leave her alone. She ain't going to touch me. In the name of Jesus, you're not going to touch me. If I don't have the authority to get you to stop touching me, I shouldn't be trying to cast you out. So delivering anointing was put upon Samson. And as he grew, the Bible said that the spirit of the Lord came upon him, came upon him, came upon him. A lion charged his family. The spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he ripped that lion apart with his bare hands as if it was a baby goat. The spirit of the Lord came upon him again and he beat up 30 men and stripped them naked. I don't know what that was about, but that's what happened. So don't mess with me because, you know, I may, I may not have these guns, but I got some Holy Ghost guns. Praise God. 3,000 men of Judah tied him up and were taking him to hand him over to the Philistines. And the Bible said the spirit of the Lord came upon him. He broke the ropes, pick up, picked up a jawbone of a donkey, and he killed, a, he killed those men with, or a thousand men, sorry. He killed a thousand men from the Philistine camp with the jawbone of a donkey. Now, Samson was a man of God. Samson was called to minister deliverance, full of glory, full of supernatural power. When the spirit of the Lord would stir. I don't know how Christians can go through life without the spirit of God stirring in their life. I don't want church to stir me. I don't want to be churchy. I want to be close to the heartbeat of God. I want my motives to be right. Anybody else in the room? I want my heart to be right. I don't want selfish ambition. This is not for me. This is not for my following. This is not to build a name for myself. It's not for my brand. It's not for me. I just want the spirit of God. I love y'all, but I like to go all by myself in a room and pray. I love the presence of God. Anybody else in the room? I want the spirit to stir in me like he did in Samson. It'll make us stronger. It'll make us fight hell. It'll make us prevail against devils in our generation. It will set the captive free. It will deliver the drug addict. It will deliver those who are bound with depression and anxiety when the spirit of the Lord stirs upon us. But in Judges chapter 16, Samson life, his life changes and he falls in love with this, this woman by the name of Delilah. Now if your name is Delilah, don't be under condemnation. And she was given an assignment from the Philistines, which were the armies of God, the captors, those who were putting people in bondage. Listen to what they said to her. Hey, we'll pay you money. If you can lure Samson, hear the message of hell. It wants to lure you away. Here, listen to the language. Trap him. The enemy wants to trap you. Uh, Jesus told Peter, the enemy has desired to sift you as wheat. Go and find where his power lies. He's too dangerous for our kingdom. You see, those who walk with the presence of God are the ones that hell's scared of. You can preach in the name of the, of the Jesus I preach, but if you haven't been in the presence of God for your own self, you are no threat to hell. 
The next statement that they said to him is, we want to subdue him, Delilah, and take his power. That's the cry from hell. We want you to be as broke as a joke. So we'll send distraction your way. We'll send the wrong people into your life. We'll bring you bondage when you should be walking in deliverance. And so Delilah, this eye-batten, hot mamacita burrito with more curves than than a Hot Wheels racetrack, comes batting her eyes at Samson, shaking her tail feather, loving on him and saying all the right words to soothe him. And she said, Samson, my God, Look at them muscles, baby, boo-boo. Uh, tell me where your power lies. That's how Chris be talking to, or how Bree be talking to Chris. Hey, boo-boo. And, and so, so, so Samson, Samson. I know why Michelle's over there laughing. She talks like that to Jordan, too. And we all know about Pastor Greg and Pastor Margie because what he said when he preached not that long ago. Sorry, Ben. He turned red. Praise God. Okay. Samson, where does your power lie? He said, if you take some bowstrings, listen to the language, and tie me up, I'll be as common, common. I don't want to be common. I don't want to be common. I want the presence of God. I don't want to be a common church. I could take you to a thousand flat line church with six foot icicles standing behind the pulpit. And I'm not a critic of the real church, the real church. Samson, lay down here on my lap, baby. So Samson lays his head in the lap of the world. And he's being stroked by... Delilah till he falls asleep playing with Goldilocks. He falls asleep after she ties him up with a bowstring. Samson, wake up! The Philistines are upon you. Samson wakes up. The Spirit of God comes upon him even in his carnality and he breaks the the bowstrings. Delilah said, hey baby boo-boo, sugar honey bear, you lied to me. I'm offended. Tell me where your strength lies. So he tells her, if you tie me up with ropes, I don't know what his deal with is about being tied up, but I guess you, I don't know. If you tie me. That's what your Bible, I don't know what his deal was. Like, I don't understand that. I've not had the revelation yet. Tie me up with new ropes. I'll be as common. Common. I'm tired of a common church. I preach all over the place and the oil is hard to find. I'm telling you right now, it's hard to find the oil. I can walk into a room like, oh, here we go again. Time to raise the dead. So Samson lays in the lap of Delilah. She starts playing with his Goldilocks. He falls asleep. She wraps new string around his, new ropes around his arms. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He gets up, the Spirit of God comes up and he breaks the ropes. She said, Samson, you've made a fool to me, of me in front of all these soldiers. Tell me, where does your power lie? He said, if you go down to the unit shop and you get me a brand new weave, read your Bible, it's what it says. Somebody said, it says that, it says weave in the Bible. And weave that thing into my hair. I'll be as common. 
He's flirting with what God told him not to do is what I'm trying to tell you. Samson, don't cut your hair. I'm going to flirt with it anyway. Don't look at that. I'm going to flirt with it anyway. Don't drink that one shot's not going to hurt me. Come on. Oh, I just DM'd her once one time, Pastor. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, we did everything but have actual intercourse. You flirting with what's going to take you out. Samson, the Philistines are on you. The Bible said he got up and he ripped that weave off his head. And then she said, the most staggering thing in scripture. I can't believe he didn't get it. I can't believe at times I don't get it. I can't believe at times, I'm getting to the good part. Hang on, that we don't get it. Samson, if you loved me, Judges 16, 15 through 16. If you love me, if you love me. What a manipulative statement to say right off the bat. If you love me. You will tell me where your power lies. Tell me the secret of your great strength with great vexing. See what the enemy does? He's always vexing us. One translation says with great, oh, there's another one. She prodded Samson. She vexed him. She prodded him day after day until he was sick and tired of it. And he finally gave in and said, if you cut my hair, I'll be like everybody else. I won't have any power. I'll be void of the presence of God. I'll be broke as a joke. You see, if you don't live a life that obeys God, you don't live a life that follows God. How can you love me, Jesus said, if you don't obey my commands? The power was tied to simple obedience. Samson called to live a standard yet was living low in sin. Samson was called to live in purity, but he was living in filth. Called to live in righteousness, but was living in immorality. Acting like you're a follower of God and living in the same deception as Samson lives in is blatant sin. Spiritually broke as a joke. Where are you at today, church? Delilah waits for Samson to fall asleep. She takes that razor, cuts his head, and she wakes him and says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And let's go back and read verse 20 of Judges 16. The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke up from his sleep and said, I will go out as I did before and other times, and I'll shake myself. But he did not know the spirit of the Lord that was upon him had departed from him. Well, I don't know if I believe the spirit of the Lord can depart from you. I just read it from the Bible. But pastor, that was the Old Testament. The Bible said you can grieve and quench the Holy Ghost, which means you can put his power out and make him sorry that he ever came to you. The Philistines, they arrested Samson. They put him in bondage. And that's what happens when we go to live in worldliness and try to act like saved on Sunday, but act like the world the rest of the day. And we wonder why we're so depressed, so oppressed, full of anxiety. It's because we're trying to serve two gods. You can't. You're in bondage. See, deliverance ain't for the world because they need to get saved. Deliverance is for the church. The second thing they did, Lexi, is they gouged his eyeballs out. You can come to church and still not see what God is trying to tell you. Because you've been blinded by your bondage. Then they put Samson on a grinding wheel. Here's this old man now. 
going in circles aimlessly, going nowhere. There are people that have been in our church for years, and they're at the same place now they were 10 years ago. They're at the same place now they were five years ago. They have no prayer life. They don't read the Bible. They don't know who they are. They're completely lost. They are going in circles aimlessly. Now, I've told you a whole lot of bad to start to tell you the good. The good news is if you repent. The good news is if you ask the Lord into your life as king, lord, and master, and repent and ask for forgiveness. You see, asking for forgiveness of your sin is not repentance. Repentance is not a verbal thing. That's asking. That's confession. Repentance is a lifestyle change. It's a heart change. I don't want that stuff no more. I don't want Delilah no more. I don't want the Philistine camp no more. I want you, Jesus. Somewhere on the grinding wheel, Samson came to his senses. It's not recorded in scripture, but if you know how, how theology works and the law first mentioned and how it goes throughout scripture, somewhere on that grinding wheel, he came to his senses. The greatest word in this story is the word but. And it's found in Judges 16.22. And it says, but the hair on Samson's head began to grow again. Somewhere on the grinding wheel, somewhere in the bondage, somewhere in the hopelessness, Samson said, I had it better at my father's house. Come on, you prodigal son. Somewhere he cried out to God and his Samson's hair began to grow back again. I know many of you in this room you're living in a life of sin, and I want you to know today there's no condemnation here. Some, if that's what you're hearing today, you're hearing the wrong message. You're not hearing me from the heart of God. You're examining this in the flesh. It's not what I'm saying. I want, you to, I want you to surrender to Jesus so your life can be free and full of victory, so you can make it to heaven one day, so you can be with us and the other saints that have gone on before us. They come on in here. This is a message to wake you out of your slumber, to get you away from being broke as a joke. Come on. You may be addicted today. That's okay, but Samson's hair will grow grow again. You may have lived a life of promiscuity. Samson's hair will grow again. You may have gotten high, drunk, and sexed it up last night, but if you will repent, your hair will begin to grow again. And here's the good news of the story. Samson killed more Philistines in his latter years than he ever did in his former years. And I want you to know today, this is not a message of shame. This is a message of mercy. This is a message of love to call you out of your spiritual slumber and into a relationship with Jesus. Come on and put your hands together and love on the Lord for just a moment.